This is John Halsman, and welcome to the Patrick Henry Podcast, where we look at the failings of our establishment and how they can be corrected. Boy, what a week for the American intelligence establishment. Beyond the obvious chaos in Kabul and 20 years' worth of intelligence failings, a less reported but perhaps more important story even has slipped by. And that's their utter failure to say that China is to blame for covering up the origins of COVID or even to establish a lab leak. Following President Biden under great pressure to reinvestigate uh, the farce that has been the China cover-up, the WHO's complicity in it, uh, the intelligence agencies were given 90 days to come back. They did come back saying, in essence, a very simple thing. We can't determine exactly what happened with the origins of the virus because the Chinese aren't giving us the data and then leaving it at that, shrugging their shoulders and going home. This is breathtaking, breathtaking. And I will now take you through, since the intelligence agencies either can't or won't, the argument in favor of China's cover-up of the origins of COVID and the notion that this evolved from shoddy lab work at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You are going to be my jury and we will go through this step by step by step and then reach your own conclusion. I will back up every single step of my circumstantial case so that you can reach your own conclusion, but every single step must be substantiated. And I think my firm, after a heck of a lot of work, has done this. But let's start with the obvious statement. If the Chinese aren't providing us with the data, that is a huge indication circumstantially of their guilt. Did we leave our brains at home when we're looking at these things? I call this in the office the O.J. Simpson argument. Remember, famously, when Simpson is told by the detectives and he's in Chicago that his ex-wife is dead, he doesn't say what every other human being on the planet would. Oh my God, how did she die? What happened? He doesn't say this because he knows exactly how she died, because he killed her. Because he killed her. The fact that they didn't mention this during the case is one of the prosecutor's great sins in the OJ case. This is human nature that you would ask, just as it is human nature that if you were innocent of indirectly causing the deaths of 4.2 million people through COVID, if you hadn't covered it up, if you were as propaganda conscious as the Chinese are, you would be all over this flooding the airwaves with data and saying to the West, how dare you accuse us of such a heinous crime? That is not what the Chinese have done. Instead, they've acted like what they are, guilty people. But the intelligence agencies don't draw this conclusion. They shrug, take their ball, and go home. So as they're unable or unwilling to present you with the prima facie case, I will. I will be Jack McCoy in one of my favorite TV shows, The Procedural Law and Order, and I will be the prosecutor, and I will prosecute a theory of the case. You will be my jury. You are the court of public opinion, and I will now tell you a story backing it up using circumstantial evidence. But as law and order makes clear, many a murderer has been convicted on the basis of circumstantial evidence if a mountain of it holds together. That is perfectly acceptable. We don't need a smoking gun. We need a well-established, put-forward case. And that's what I'm about to do for you, because the origins of this are clear. First, in 2016, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the WIV, experiments with a bad coronavirus found in the Yunnan caves. This virus has since been identified as the closest sample to COVID-19. Second, 
In January 2018, U.S. State Department officials, after visiting the WIV, warn and since released diplomatic cables of, quote, a serious shortage of appropriately trained technicians and worry about safety conditions in the WIV. Third, in the autumn of 2019, researchers within the WIV become ill with COVID-like symptoms. This from a State Department fact sheet. From October 7th to October 24th, there is no cell phone activity in a high-security portion of the WIV, as was reported by NBC News. From August to October of 2019, search engine spikes in Wuhan having to do with COVID-like symptoms spike, as does hospital traffic in the city, soon to be identified as the epicenter of the entire pandemic. This from Harvard Research. Fourth, on October 1st, 2019, a 70-year-old man exhibits COVID-like symptoms in what is later stated by Wuhan doctors to be the first recorded COVID-19 case. This comes from the Congressional Research Service. Fifth, at about the same time in December 2020, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, restricted access to these very same Yunnan caves. A group of Chinese researchers managed to take samples there only to have them confiscated by CCP authorities, this according to the Associated Press. Sixth, on December 27, 2019, a Guangzhou genomics company had already sequenced most of the genome of COVID-19 without realizing its importance. Seventh, on December 30, 2019, Ai Fen, a director at Wuhan Central Hospital, posted information on WeChat about a new virus. She was immediately reprimanded for doing so and told not to spread any further information about it. This according to Axios. The same day, December 30th, Li Wenliang, a doctor at Wuhan Central Hospital, sent out a warning to his fellow doctors about an emerging virus. This according to the BBC. Li and seven other medics were detained by local CCP authorities immediately for spreading rumors and issuing false information on the internet, particularly regarding their discussions of seven SARS-like cases that had emerged. On January 1st, several doctors, including Lee, were bullied into confessing that they were publishing fictitious discourse. Tragically, Lee, who tried to be a whistleblower, died of the virus February 6, 2021. This information from Newsweek and PBS. Eighth, on December 31st, 2019, China maintained there was no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission regarding the emerging virus. Ninth, on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2020, Hubei Provincial Health Authorities ordered Chinese genomics companies to stop testing Wuhan samples and to destroy any existing samples. This according to a Congressional Research Service report. Tenth, on January 5th, 2020, a Chinese team led by Professor Zhang Yongzhen of Fudan University sequenced the entirety of the COVID-19 virus, finding indications it was capable of spreading by human-to-human transmission. Zhang is initially prevented by authorities from, ele- from releasing these vital findings, according to PBS. Eleventh, also on January 5th, the Supine World Health Organization advised against establishing any sort of travel ban or trade restrictions on China, renewing this nonsensical call on January 9th. On January 10th, 
The WHO parroted the Chinese line that there was a lack of evidence of human-to-human transmission of the virus. Twelfth, on January 11th, Zhang Yongzhen, showing great courage and bravery, along with his team posted, despite intense government pressure, the world's first public genome sequencing the COVID-19 virus. The day after, on the 12th, the Shanghai Health Commission shuttered Zhang's lab. The day after he releases the genome, they shut down his lab, despite the fact that it had been passed for its annual inspection only on January 5th, this according to Newsweek. With the cat at last out of the bag, the CCP officially released the genome sequencing to the WHO and the public at large. 13th, on January 12th, Li Wenliang was hospitalized with COVID-like symptoms in spite of the CCP's insistence that there was no human-to-human transmission of COVID and no cases among medical workers, an abject lie. This according to the Congressional Research Service report. On the 14th, on January 13th, the first case of the virus outside China is reported in Thailand. 15th, on January 18th, the CCP rather incredibly still allowed the Lunar New Year's banquet to proceed in Wuhan, where tens of thousands of families took part, making it undoubtedly a super spreader event. At the same time, hundreds of millions of Chinese traveled throughout the country for the holiday, the largest annual human migration in the world. On the, six, the 16th point is on January 20th, Zhang Nanshan, a Chinese government medical official, finally confirmed that COVID-19 can be spread by human-to-human transmission, with the WHO at last confirming this the next day. On the 20th, ominously, the first U.S. case was reported of COVID. Our 17th data point is that on January 23rd, the city of Wuhan, in what was then an unprecedented move, was locked down. There were numerous domestic flight cancellations, according to the IATA air passenger market analysis. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 80 percent of Chinese domestic flights were locked down. Yet, while Hubei province suspended intra-provincial flights, it still allowed international flights to proceed. So they've locked things down domestically while they're allowing the virus to spread to the rest of the world through air travel. This last critical point, again, according to the IATA air passenger market analysis and the Congressional Research Service. Our 18th data point is that in late January, the Civil Aviation Administration in China stated, in order to meet the needs of passengers in and out of the country, airlines are requested to continue transporting people to countries that have not imposed full-scale travel restrictions. This according to the Economic Times of India. Rand Corporation reported that more than 1 million people traveled from China to Japan in January 2020, that fateful month. ABC News stated that between December 19, 2019 and March 2020, 3,200 flights flew from China to the U.S., carrying 761,000 people. Let me repeat that. As ABC News has said, between December 19, 2019 and March 2020, 3,200 flights flew from China to the U.S., carrying 761,000 people. This includes 50 direct flights from the U.S., to Wuhan itself. Our 19th data point is that on January 30th, 2020, the WHO, a day late and a dollar short, belatedly declared there to be a public health emergency in China. 
Yet incredibly, incredibly, the WHO refused to recommend any limitations despite declaring a public health emergency on Chinese trade or movement. Our 20th data point is that in early February 2020, Jen Qiu Shi, who had early on made public videos about the growth of COVID in Wuhan, serving as some of the first reports to the Chinese people about the virus, was taken into indefinite custody by CCP authorities, according to Newsweek. They're already circling the wagons that anyone who exposed early cases of COVID has to be silenced one way or the other. On March 27, 2020, after a personal phone call with President Trump, Xi at last, on March 27th, months later, finally agreed to curb international flights from China. On February 15th, 2021, almost a year later, Peter Ben Peter Emberek of the WHO stated that the virus was certainly circulating widely in Wuhan, um, at least in December 19, uh, December 2019, if not earlier, according to CNN. Our 23rd data point is that in February 2021, the hand-picked by China WHO team finally visited Wuhan. Finally, in February 2021, a hand-picked Chinese team under the logo of the supine WHO finally visits Wuhan during its COVID origins investigation, concluding that a lab leak was unlikely, despite the key fact the WIV staff were withholding significant lab records and data from it. They ask for the data and lab records, they're told no, and then they say there's no lab leak. This doesn't pass the laugh test. These people are useful idiots and nothing more in covering up what the Chinese had done. Further, it has since been made clear that China only agreed to even mention the lab leak theory in the final WHO report on the condition the WHO did not recommend any further studies to investigate the hypothesis. So the Chinese say, no, you can't look at the data and you can only mention the lab leak if you mention it is highly unlikely that that's the cause and that we never, ever, ever investigate this again. Who in the world would agree to this? Incredibly, the WHO team would and did. Shameful. Our 24th data point is that finally, with this deluge of data points, not put together, but out there, on May 26th, 2021, President Biden called for a renewed investigation into the origins of COVID by the American intelligence agencies over, the, over a 90-day period, the report I mentioned up top, where they reached no conclusion because the Chinese didn't give them the data. The president did specifically mention that the earlier derided lab leak theory was now seen as a real possible answer to the cause of the virus. However, this didn't stop the Chinese brazenness. In July 2021, Zhang Yixin, the deputy head of China's National Health Commission, rejected the need for a second WHO visit to Wuhan to, visit, to investigate COVID-19's origins. China has effectively shut down the WHO investigation, pathetic though the first effort was. In July, they've shut it down. And now in August, the intelligence agencies report the Chinese haven't given them any data, so they can't tell what happened, have taken their ball and gone home. These are 26 separate data points, all backed up by independent open source sourcing that my firm has spent a month investigating on all hands on deck, checking, double checking, triple checking what we're saying because we're sticking our neck a good long ways out here for you. 
but seems to me our jury, an irrefutable circumstantial case that China indeed covered up the origins of COVID and that the origins of COVID do indeed come from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I don't think this started out as some act of wickedness. Again, as anyone who's seen the wonderful television series Chernobyl knows, the problem with authoritarian governments is that they lie. And the problem with lying is if you lie in a crisis, you can't possibly solve it. I think what happened is that one of these researchers using very poor safety techniques went to the Yunnan caves, got bitten by a bat and got sick. To protect himself, his family and his job, he said nothing, hoping nothing would happen. Of course, this failed. He got sicker and sicker. And this, the virus spread throughout the WIV lab in the autumn of 2019. The directors of the lab, nervous that this would attend to the ire of the local Chinese Communist Party, said nothing, hoping indeed the virus would simply go away, burn itself out, abate. This didn't happen, and of course it spread throughout the province. Now the head of the CCP in Wuhan and Hubei province has to go and tell Xi Jinping what's going on. Xi finds this out in December 2019, January 2020, and here is where the real wickedness takes place. Xi decides that this calamity visited upon China must now be visited upon the rest of the world. Because if China is going to get sick, the world is going to get sick. If China is going to have a catastrophe, the world is going to have a catastrophe. And it is at this moment from following the Congressional Research Service, ABC News, and the IATA flight manifests, it is clear the Chinese began a serious effort to shut down domestic air travel at precisely the same moment they allowed to a letting of an ongoing source of flying abroad. We're going to lock things down internally to save ourselves and open things up to a million Japanese people being infected or possibly infected and a quarter of a million Americans are people from China being flown to America between January and March 2020. This is wickedness. This is manslaughter, as Jack McCoy would have it to you. This is depraved indifference of human life. This is the Chinese Communist Party with its mask off. And that's why the intelligence agencies don't want to make things definitive. Because to do so, one would have to act. And one would have to act on the notion that China is a revolutionary power which doesn't care about international norms, which covered up a virus that then killed 4.2 million people. They are responsible for the manslaughter of 4.2 million people, and we would have to balance against them as a revolutionary power and act accordingly. Some in America are willing to face this reality. Almost no one in Europe is willing to face this reality. There's too much money to be made with China. But be careful if you sup with the devil, you need a very long spoon because the Chinese attitude here will be repeated over and over again. The key geostrategic takeaway from the hapless US intelligence agency's non-efforts to find the origins of COVID is that China is indeed guilty of covering this up and we must now as people to defend a world where this mustn't go on, where you mustn't through depraved indifference kill 4.2 million people. This must be shouted from the rooftops. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please do subscribe to the Patrick Henry podcast, to the Around the World in 20 Minutes podcast, to the book serializations, to the various articles we're writing for John's newsletter. Things are booming, and we're honored that so many of you are subscribing. However, those of you who have subscribed for free, again, I must ask you, for the price of a Starbucks a month, if you enjoy this as much as one Starbucks a month, 
please consider giving the $7 a month that we're asking you to so we can continue devoting ourselves full-time to researching important events like the origins of COVID, which our intelligence agencies aren't up to, but I am up to and my firm is up to, and we want to present to you. $7 a month, a Starbucks, doesn't seem too much to ask. Hope you enjoy this, and on we go.